It says God was walking in the cool of the day and how they hid themselves. And it's like, man, did you somehow think that this tree could save you from mm. the consequence mm -hmm. that God was about to bring? Yep. You, you know, where it's like legalism is mm -hmm. a kind of idolatry is that I can do something. I can hide behind my gifts and hide behind my ministry and hide behind these things. And I can, I can construct all of these different ways to save myself from coming judgment. Mm. And that's not true. The only savior we have available is Jesus. Somebody posted, uh, why are so many people trusting in the universe over God? And I commented, uh, because the universe ain't going to tell you to take up your cross and die. Yeah. No. Your idols will have the same moral standard that you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, mm -hmm. he over here like, nah, I kind of kind of want your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole body, your mind, your money, your hands, your children, your marriage. Yeah. All the things. But it's it's because I deserve it. Hey y'all, welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network where we seek to apply biblical wisdom to everyday life. I am Jackie Hill Perry, and I'm here with my friends, Jasmine Holmes and Melissa Kruger. Today we're gonna talk about something fun, uh, <laughs> like idolatry. Y'all like that word? Yeah. Lighthearted. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, John Calvin actually said this about idolatry. He said, the human heart is a factory of idols. Every one of us is from his mother's womb, experts in inventing idols. Do you disagree or do you agree with that? Well, if we're looking at my heart, yes. <laughs> yeah, from my heart, oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think most people, not most, but sometimes we are inclined to think that idolatry is merely uh, bowing down to a statue. Mm -hmm. um, and there are places in the world where that is still a thing, yeah. you know, where there's a, a statue erected and people worship it. Why do you think that some people are drawn to the literal worship of idols, especially even Israel? That's kind of yeah. where we saw idolatry yeah. expressed with them. I think that was them being impacted by the cultures around them. Mm -hmm. The cultures around them worshiped literal idols and mm -hmm. the culture that they'd just been enslaved to for 400 years yeah worshiped literal idols and so as soon as moses went up the mountain and they didn't know when he was coming back mm -hmm. they reverted back to what they had seen in the cultural mm -hmm. context that they had been in before yeah yeah i think they said to aaron give us gods yep yeah make us gods that will go before us yeah and it's so different than what what we think of as idols because i mean i'm like well, so I'm going to worship the golden calf mm -hmm. that came. I mean, it seems to our minds today, not what we think of yeah. typically. But when you look at the Old Testament, it's amazing. I mean, I'm in Kings right now. I've been reading through the Bible in a year. And every other king, you know, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He kept up the idols, you know, to this God or this God. And he did this. And so... What typically happened with most of these idols is there were either cult prostitution going on or there was sacrificing of children. I mean, mm -hmm. it was pretty horrific mm -hmm. what was going on with these idols. So they weren't just, these statues kind of required things of them, mm -hmm. right? You know, I mean, somehow, I don't know who made up the rules, though. It's a fascinating, <laughs> like, they did. why, why do you have to do it this way? But that's what you see over and over. Yeah. And there's something I think tangible in that, that people like. Mm -hmm. So you're saying if I want to be fertile, well, if I sacrifice my baby to this, I think that was Baal worship. Mm -hmm. That was a big part of it. Then I'll keep having more children. 
Like it, I think it felt tangible. Mm-hmm. I can do something. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if I, I give money to this God or that God, mm-hmm. I give my crops to this God or that God, there's something tangible I'm doing to assure my future happiness. Yeah. And there's even having a visual image doesn't require trust. Yeah. Um, when I was studying Exodus 32, when they made the golden calf, I remember asking myself, why did they make a bull? Yeah. Like, why they didn't make like a roach or you <laughs> Bear. Know, that, that's a real measly little thing, but like another animal. Yeah. Right. And, and what I found was that, uh, the bull was actually a really venerated idol in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And it was a representation of a God named Ptah, which was the God that was like de- like the deity of creation or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, if, if your expectation is that we want a God that will go before us, that will protect us, that will guide us, then it doesn't take faith to create something that will lead you that you can see. Yeah. But Yahweh is invisible. Mm-hmm. We can't see him. We yeah. can't, we can't contain him. We, he's not tangible or so we think, even though he manifested in the pillar of, you know, fire by yeah. night and cloud by day and all these things. And so it makes sense then to trust in something that I don't know, you don't need the faith to behold. Yeah. That's Interesting. Right. Although we may not um, necessarily worship statues in American, uh, in America as much as other places, but we do have idols of the heart, right? Why? Like, (laughs) why do we create idols? Because all of our idols are created. They're a created thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So that could be relationships, that could be jobs, that could be food, that could be, uh, I don't know, makeup. It could be social media. It could be religion. Yeah. It could be church. It could be my kids. It could be family. Yeah. It could be all the things. It could be good things. <laughs> yeah. That it usually very good is. Yeah. 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 Very good That's things. right. It, why? Well, what is that? Uh, I remember when I first got pregnant with Jamie, um, I, just, I said this to you. I don't even know if you remember this conversation, but around nine, 10 weeks, the doctors saw something and they were like, okay, so either your baby is going to be born severely disabled Mm. or more likely, since you have a history of miscarriage, you're probably about to have another miscarriage. And Jamie was our baby who I wasn't sure. I I knew that I wanted to have a third. I didn't know when. Pregnancy is really hard on me. I just, you know, and so uh, Jamie was our baby who I felt like God was like, it is time to have another baby. Mm. I'm entrusting you with this child. He said it to me one week. It was January 5th. It would, I talked to my husband and usually it takes us three, six months to get pregnant. I was pregnant two weeks after that. Um, and cause you talked to your husband. I, did. I talked, I talked to my husband. You were communicating. We were communicating. That's how you get pregnant. You communicate with your husband. When I found out that Jamie was sick, my thought was immediately, God, why would you ask me? Hmm. to get pregnant if I don't get to keep this baby. And I had to come to terms with God just asked me to carry this child. He did not say for how long he didn't make me any promises. Hmm. And so either he's asking me to trust him in the raising of a third child, or he's asking me to trust him in the midst of a miscarriage. But ultimately it's not about Jamie. Yeah. It's about what God wanting me to do. Yeah. And it was so hard to loosen my grip on Jamie. 
Yeah. We trust in the gift rather than the giver. Yes. Yeah. And I think you see the Israelites doing this. I mean, actually the gold that they made the calf from. It was a gift. It was a gift. They were allowed to plunder all the Egyptians Mm -hmm. when they left Egypt. So they had all this and it was actually to build the temple of God one day, mm-hmm. but it was being made for this calf. So they start worshiping the gift. And then you see them again. I don't know if you remember with the serpent on the pole, mm-hmm. they had been complaining again and they started getting bitten by snakes. And God said, okay, I'm going to put the serpent on a pole and you look to it and you, you know, it won't be, po- you know, you'll be healed. Well, later on in Kings, they're worshiping that pole. <laughs> And it's like we worship often the things that's given to us to heal us or mm-hmm. given to us um, graciously by God. We turn around and take those good things and we hope in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so, again, it's tangible. And so we have tangible things we can hope in. Like we yeah. can hope in our bank account. Mm-hmm. It can feel really safe or maybe not so safe, mm-hmm. but it's can slowly creep and say, well, I'm going to be fine because I have money in my bank account. Yep. yep. And it's subtle, you know. It's yeah. not bad to have savings. That's yeah. a good thing. Because yeah. that's the that's the the subtle part of idolatry, is that the expectation we put on our idols, are 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 legitimate needs. Yeah, provision is a legitimate need, mm-hmm. right? And we all want our babies to be healthy. Yeah, right. Like that's that's love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to say I want my child yeah. to be alive mm-hmm. and and grow and all these things. But at the same time, also he's fine. By the way, I just wanted to say wrap that up because I was like, he had a severe deformity, or he was going to die. He's okay. He's kicking. We got a second opinion, and we bless God. <laughs> yes, he, yeah. And so I guess the challenge is how do I not only how how do I acknowledge my needs, but also acknowledge the fact that only God can satisfy them mm-hmm. truly, and the means by which He does it through the job, through birth, whatever. Yeah. Um, that those are just means, right? Yeah. They're not the source. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the hard part. And I think sometimes he graciously asks us to give up things so that he can prove yeah, himself to us. Abraham and Isaac. Yes. That's exactly right. There's the one story where the idolatry didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he said, this is actually crazy that God is asking me to do this. But we know from Hebrews mm-hmm. that he believed God was able to raise him from the dead. Yeah. yeah. You he, know? Made, he made it made sense. Yeah. Made sense. He was like, okay, well, yeah. So his faith was strong enough mm-hmm. to say, I know this is a good God. He's not asking me to do like, cause it's a bad thing to kill your son, you know, but totally. he, God's asking something that he's going to rectify. Cause he's given me this promise mm-hmm. that I'm going to, there are going to be nations who come from me and all this stuff. And so he believed by faith yep. and was able. So I think the honest truth is it takes belief in God mm-hmm. by faith to fight and kill our idols. And it's the most beautiful illustration because he stayed Abraham's hand from killing his son so that yeah. Isaac could one day be the father of many nations leading to Christ. And so that God could not stay his exactly. hand and sacrifice his son. Exactly. Like he's, there's so much illustration that's taking place that some, we don't even realize mm-hmm. what's taking place. Jackie just, is teaching yes. on this. Aren't you? Isn't that the one you're teaching at TGC 22? Oh, I sure am. You oh, are. good. Look at that. She's lying. I mean, I'm you've so got excited. the passage. Y'all give me really good passages. That was the passage. Oh, I'm excited I mean, it's a good about passage. it. I just got that this year. you know, I'm going to make it dramatic. Yeah, like literally yeah. just this year I got that. I was like, we were, Philip and I were talking and we were, I was, because again, we were, we were listening to the Bible at night. Yeah. And, um, we were talking about Abraham and I was like, I just, you know, it didn't sit too well with me. 
how swiftly Abraham obeyed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm he like, went immediately. Yeah, I'm like, you ain't trying to he negotiate. You ain't trying to like, way. you know. So we're just checking with Sarah to say, right? Because with lies, about to kill our boy. Because when he was about to get rid of Sodom and Gomorrah, he was like, well, what if there's this many righteous mm-hmm. people? What if there's this? He didn't and haggle. He, he was just like, no, I'm doing this. And and uh, Philip and I were talking about it, and I was like, I just that that that, that don't sit right with me. <laughs> but then I was like, sacrificing son thought the son would raise from dead. Yeah. Illustration of, yeah, I got it, Lord. All the, all the little parallels. He's like, because yes. Isaac's like, or he tells him, God will provide yes. yeah. for the sacrifice. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you noticed, like the son has to carry his wood. Yes. It's, yeah, Jesus carrying the yes. I mean, And he, he called him only begotten son. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. All the things. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just like. And just like a sacrifice stood in for Isaac, a sacrifice stands in for us. Yes. It's pretty good. Good stuff. <laughs> just been a Christian forever, but like just literally <laughs> last week was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> This is amazing. Everybody look at this. Yeah. Yeah. And the beautiful thing again is what will help you uh, to resist the temptation to make an idol is to be convinced about the nature of God. Mm. Yeah. Because Abraham was fully convinced. He, he, he was willing to not hold, withhold his son from God because he believed that God was able to mm-hmm. raise him from the dead. Meaning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he had a concept, he had faith in the power of God to do something that he had not even yep. seen him do before. Yep. Like, and so even when we bring that down to our level, it's just like, God, I don't have to like hold on so tightly to this job. Why? Because you gave Israel manna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you feed the birds of the air and they don't do nothing that's right so surely you're gonna take care of me yeah it's it's the really small thing and the way he does that we talked about this already but the way he just provided manna every single day every day like you just had to trust him for every single day you couldn't save any until tomorrow unless tomorrow was sunday oh y'all want some meat okay let me send this wind over here (laughs) you're gonna get a whole bunch of meat (laughs) you're gonna be sick ain't no vegans Hello. And then, of course, they're like, oh, God, thank you. You know, thank you so much for this manna. Thank you for so much for this quail. And then they're like, oh, we're so tired of eating this. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We want to be slaves again so we can get some salt. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, like, I like salt, too. I also like salt. But I, I'd rather but, be free with a little you know, than and be it a slave is, with a lot. Idolatry is us going back to slavery. Mm-hmm. It is. It's saying I choose this thing that can promise me nothing really promised me nothing because you know, whatever it may be for us, it's not eternal. It's yeah. not God, it but we, profit. we go back to the same old thing. We're just like them. We're saying, take me back to Egypt. Yeah. I was eating pots of meat mm-hmm. every day there or whatever. Yeah. You know, Never mind say. that they were like killing my firstborn. Yes. You it's know. like we forget the slavery. Yeah. We forget all of the ugly parts. Yeah. And we only focus on the thing that we're wanting, the thing that we're craving. Yeah. You know what I wonder about that? I was listening to this IG live with Eric Mason and he was talking about witchcraft mm-hmm. and he, he was saying that he, the appeal of witchcraft is that you can get something that God has promised you, but at a quicker pace. Mm. Yes. And I, I think that is a part mm. of the appeal of idolatry mm-hmm. is that we don't have to endure. Mm. We don't have to wait. Yeah. We don't, we don't even ha- like, we don't have to do those things. We could just get it. It's right? how Satan tempted Jesus. Yeah. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. What's Jesus coming to get? All the kingdoms right. of the earth. Right. But he was trying to get it to Jesus without the cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, right now without you suffering. won't have to. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You won't like, have to endure. Yeah. And so it's the, 
even in the garden in some ways. Oh, absolutely. You know, you had eternal life and now I'm, uh, you know, oh, but you need some knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, let me, maybe I think all idolatry, maybe rest in, maybe God's holding out on me in some way. So Mm -hmm. I need, I need this thing because God might not be true to his word. Mm. You know, he might not be enough. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure I have this other yeah, thing. He's not as generous as he yeah. Yeah. Pre- presents yeah. himself to be. That's right. Which is a demonic thought. Have, not saying you're demon possessed. Yeah. No. I'm saying that's a temptation. But, I mean, and I think Paul place. hits on this in Romans 8 when he says, if he gave you Christ, won't he graciously give you all things? Yeah, yeah. If he has secured our eternity, mm-hmm. can we trust him with our temporalness or what is this this temporal being yeah can we just trust him Mm -hmm. i mean if he's gone to all that work that's true will he leave us you know Mm -hmm. without without him Mm -hmm. i mean you know he he's going to provide for us and safely bring us home so then how how do we how do we discern our idols Mm. Uh, because the heart is deceitful yeah Uh, many of our idols are cultural and so it's normal to be on social media for 15 hours yeah. right. a day. Like, you know, so it can get hard to discern what's that, what, if yeah. it's idolatry because everybody does it. That's right. right. So what, what do we do? I like, I, th- I think it was Tim Keller who said this, but if I'm wrong, you can tell me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but he had four, what I like, roots of idolatry, power, control, comfort, and approval. Mm. And so, like, you and I may have the same... Um, we both may go after money, but you may go after it for power and I may go after it for comfort. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, so certain, like money is a perfect one because it can feed control. Mm-hmm. Right? It can let you control your life. It can give you approval from people. It can give you comforts because it can pay for them and it can give you power. But the root might be different for a different person. Mm-hmm. So why I'm chasing it might be different, but I, I think those are helpful. And for me, it's typically comfort. Oh, I don't want to have power over anything. You know, I don't even really want control. I just want to be comfortable. Mm. I want control. Like I want to know, I want to know the outcome. Yeah. What's going to happen. Yeah. Um, What do you do to try to get control? Well, with my, so with the recent example with Jamie, as soon as I got pregnant, I, I took a pregnancy test every day for the first month. Yeah. Now, taking the pregnancy test wasn't going to control whether or not I stayed pregnant, but... And controlled what you knew. Right. Yeah. And so it was like my only way that I knew how to, how to okay, I'm still pregnant. Okay, I'm yeah. still pregnant. Okay, I'm still pregnant. Okay. Um, and even that is just... just it's, I just wanted control. I just wanted to know. Yeah. Um, my, my idolatry is often in the form of my children, wanting them to be safe. Wanting yeah. them to be okay. It comes from trauma. It comes from loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes from my sinful nature. It comes yeah. from my flesh. I mean, and, and <laughs> I think every mom. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like a Rightly. really big... Yeah. That's a really big struggle for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is why I was like, Abraham, you can't even fight. How are you just going? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So it's... For me, it's just like that worry. Just that constant like thinking about it and replaying it and trying to see what I can do to control the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I often will ask myself, what is it that I'm trusting to save me from something? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't know how often we frame idolatry in terms of salvation, but that that is what it is, Mm -hmm. is that I'm, I'm looking to a created thing 
to deliver me mm. from something. Yeah. So pain or hurt or, you know, unease, like mm. all the things. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I ask myself that question, then I can, I can start to identify a lot of things uh, that are trying to sustain me, but never will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there was some idolatry going on in the garden when they ate the forbidden fruit? Absolutely. Yeah. It's probably power, mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. reading, um, I talked about this in the shame episode, but I read uh, Untamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was talking about the story of Eve. And she was saying that she, that the way that she remembered the story being told to her was that Eve wanted too much. And so that's why she got punished because she wanted too much. She wanted all this knowledge mm-hmm. and God didn't want her to have it. And so because she like, it's like Icarus flew too close to the sun mm-hmm. and I read it and it just struck me that in reality, idolatry is wanting too little mm. because she had access to all of the knowledge of the universe, right? Like it's beginning and it's mm-hmm. end, it's originator and instead, she chose mm. temporal knowledge that yeah. led to shame and destruction. And just, like, I, I would have never put idolatry in the garden until I had heard that interpretation of it. And then I realized, like, there was, of course it was idolatry. Of course it was. God, I don't want to do what you say. I, I want this thing that you provide, but I want it without you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I think a diff, a really interesting way I, th- I think idolatry manifested as well is that, you know, it says God was walking in the cool of the day and how they hid themselves. And it's like, man, did you somehow think that this tree could save you from mm. the consequence mm-hmm. that God was about to bring? Yep. You, you know, where it's like legalism is mm-hmm. a kind of idolatry is that I can do something. I can hide behind my gifts and hide behind my ministry and hide behind these things. And I can, I can construct all of these different ways to save myself from coming judgment. Mm. And that's not true. The only savior we have available is Jesus. Yeah. Um, it's, I think the garden is like definitely the Genesis pun intended (laughs) (laughs) of all of our idolatry. Mm -hmm. And it, it does show we want to work for our salvation. Idolatry shows that like, Mm -hmm. Because when you were just saying that, Jesus is offered to us for free. You know, free gift. But no, I'd rather work and figure out my own mode mm. of being saved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, at some level, we just, it really is, I want safety and security and all the things of life without needing God. Yeah. Because your, your idols expect something, but they don't expect much. Right. Yeah. They're not going to... It's I, enough for them to just pull your eyes off Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, somebody posted, uh, why are so many people trusting in the universe over God? And I commented, uh, because the universe ain't going to tell you to take up your cross and die. Yeah. No. Your idols will have the same moral standard that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, mm-hmm. he over here like, nah, I kind of kind of want your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole body, your mind, your money, your hands, your children, your marriage. Yeah. All the things. But it's it's because I deserve it. Harkening back to our deconstruction episode, our falling away episode, mm-hmm. um, Jackie said something interesting as we were kind of like talking talking about um recording this recording that episode, uh, that oftentimes when people turn away from the faith, they say they feel free. Mm. 
and hmm. we talked about that offline yeah yeah we did yeah it was right before it was right before we started recording mm-hmm. but i want to talk i want you to talk about because i because i think what that I goes say, that goes into this <laughs> girl you said it good i'm not gonna say it like you because i'm not a poet and orator okay but basically rather than obey god mm-hmm. they have found freedom in something that is designed to look more free, to mm. feel more free, to mm-hmm. be more free. Um, so when somebody walks away from the faith and they say like, I feel so free, I feel a burden lifted from my shoulders. It's like, well, mm. yeah, the cross is heavy. Huh. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like it makes sense that you feel like you can frolic and skip and jump now because yeah. the yeah. yoke that, that God has asked us to carry yeah. is it's not light. We were talking earlier. I was quoting from um, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. And I said, there's this line and it says, um, Satan shows the bait and hides the hook. But, you know, I think God shows the cross and offers glory, mm-hmm. but, but Satan hides it. So they think they feel more free, Yeah, but they don't know they're caught. It's an easier one. Yeah. I wouldn't say lighter. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's designed to feel light. Yeah. God's yoke is not designed to feel. It is light. Mm-hmm. Whether you believe it or not, whether you feel whether it feels heavy or not, mm-hmm. whether you trust that Christ is carrying it or not, it's light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other yoke is designed to feel light. It's mm-hmm. designed to feel like you're footloose and fancy free. It's mm-hmm. designed to feel like, okay, I don't have to, mm-hmm. I don't have to try anymore. I don't have mm-hmm. to like keep living up to that standard, um, which again is when you're living in it in and of your own power and trying to earn your salvation and trying to um, earn your way into the kingdom, then of course, yeah. of course that's heavy. Of course but, that's, yeah. yeah. And not to be real deep, I just think <laughs> a lot of this goes back to, we don't like to be human and idolatry gives us the ability to not have to be needy, mm-hmm. to not have to be dependent, namely on God for anything. You know, I, I have my job. I'm good. Yeah. I have my wife, my husband. I'm good. I have my kids. I'm straight. I have my al- bottle of alcohol. I got peace now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't have to pray for that. I didn't have to seek God for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have my friends. I don't need to go to church. It's, it's just, we want to be independent of everything, but that kind of state is only reserved for God himself. Yep. Yep. And so man, like, I, I think what might help us to relinquish our idols is us being okay with embracing our creatureliness and mm-hmm. that is we are inherently dependent. It mm-hmm. is in God that we live and move and have our being mm-hmm. and it's okay to need him mm-hmm. for all things, mm-hmm. but pride you know messes up everything it's just it is an interesting choice and yet i do it every day all the time meaning like it's it's still just so easy to turn to whatever it may be yeah um in different in our lives are there some other things that you think that you see in our culture today I mean, so I gave some general root ones, but right. how is it they're always being expressed or manifested in certain ways in our culture um, that I think we can spot pretty easily? What do you think to are today's idols where we live here in the West? Identity, mm-hmm. an identity apart from Christ, whether it's sexual identity or um, a lot of sexual identity. Um, political identity, national identity, like however we identify ourselves apart from who God is um, becomes an idol. Yeah. So as we said earlier, like a lot of times idols are good things Mm -hmm. Um, like family, ministry, children, 
spouses, food, yeah, all good things. How do we? How do we? How do we fight that? Because it's not like we can just destroy these things, mm-hmm. right? Like they could destroy the golden calf. I can't destroy my family. Yeah. And so how do I still engage and love my family rightly when I can't like get rid of them like I could a statue? Was it Thomas Chalmers who talked about the expulsive power mm-hmm. of a... The new affection. A new affection. I think. Yeah, like... I think the only way to protect is to continue to grow our affection for the Lord. I don't know. Cause the, you're right. It's not like you can go cold Turkey and quit having your family. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't just wait. And it's not right to withdraw from them. And mm-hmm. like, I think sometimes our attempt is to so harden our heart towards everything. Oh, nothing really matters. I don't, you know, we don't love deeply. We don't enter in because we're just guarding our own heart, you know, in some sense so that we don't have to feel, mm. But that's just probably another whole idol. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I think there's this situation. The only way I can love them rightly is by loving God more and hold them in the right place. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's going to take time and effort like any relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, if I'm not spending time in the Word and spending time in prayer and spending time knowing God, I'm going to be increasingly in danger of idolatry growing in my heart and so that's that's the only i know it sounds like the oh yeah it's true but it's true but it's abiding yeah that's the only way yeah because it's like like you said it and it's not like it's not like god is going to test all of us the same way like it's not like he's going to say hey jasmine you really love Jamie. Take him up to the top of the mountain and sacrifice. Like that's that's not going <laughs> we to happen. Will come after you, right? It would be like <laughs> Jasmine. I don't think you're hearing him correctly. We, we, no, we will come after mm-hmm. you. <laughs> um, so it's 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 not always going to be that that clear to us. But I think those illustrative moments do come up where it's like, hey, mm. this ultrasound doesn't look right. Mm. Now you got to wait a few days. Okay, what are you going to turn to? What's going to be your comfort? Okay, we ran into a <laughs> snag in our marriage. We ran into a trust issue. Yeah. Okay, what am I getting cling to? What's going to be my comfort here? Um, and so I think it, it kind of starts to show when things are not going well with whatever your idol or temptation towards idolatry is. My idolatry flares up when things aren't going the way that I need them to go for my husband, for my kids, for my ministry, for whatever. That's when the rubber meets the road and it really shows what my priorities are. Yeah, I think re- reminding ourselves that... Uh these all things created are broken mm-hmm. all things created are, are, are like a broken cistern like in in jeremiah um but god is the fountain of living water and so who's the real source mm-hmm. and satisfier of my needs it, it's god and the way i remember that is continuing to read the scriptures and not just reading them to read them but to learn about God, mm-hmm. who has he revealed himself to be <laughs> so that when the temptation arises, I can divert back to, oh, no, like you, you can't, you ain't God, though. Mm-hmm. You might be good, but but you're not God. Yeah, right. Yep. It, it, he's the one that I need. And let me acknowledge that and let me work towards it. We all live in the same world. Mm-hmm. We live. I mean, I think sometimes we think of Psalm 23 only when someone is dying, but we live in the shadow of death every day. That's true. Yep. Like. Nothing's guaranteed except God will never leave or forsake me. Amen. And he's the only one who can make that promise. And I think the heart of idolatry is almost like I make a promise to myself and then get mad when my idol doesn't keep it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, or something like we make up. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this gets into, I mean, one of the biggest idols may be a self. You know, I don't know if you ever hear people say, well, my God wouldn't do X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me about your God. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Like, but it's, it's kind of like, well, we create my God in my image. Mm -hmm. Like basically I want to worship the God who is just like the, just like me, mm -hmm. but a little bit cleaned up, mm -hmm. you know, who does everything right all the time rather than actually submit to who God is. And even with his uncomfortability, because I think sometimes, you know, he's not safe as mm -hmm. they say in Narnia, mm -hmm. but he's good, mm -hmm. you know? And I, th I think there's this sense that he can be uncomfortable. Mm. He can ask tough things of us and we don't want to, we don't, we can still believe the world's better. Hmm. So turn to this it. question is random, but I think it it's fitting. So if we're going to be honest, I, I think the TGC community hmm. can be made up of people who may or may not notice that they idolize theology. Hmm. And I don't think we think that could be an idol. And, and so... What would be your counsel to how to identify when theology has become a God? Because they, you might think that your idolatry of idolatry of theology is really just love for God's word. Mm -hmm. And so it's harder to discern it, right. but it does not bear the same fruit. Mm -hmm. When it's puffing you up would mm -hmm. be one sign. Mm -hmm. um, I have found in times where I was, feeling very theologically astute. I've gotten very <laughs> prideful um, about all the stuff that I know. I've also become argumentative, mm -hmm. um, always looking for an opportunity to kind of flex my theological muscles. When theology becomes performative and not something that's worshipful. Yeah, I think when I'm looking down on other people because they don't believe like me, and um, I think when we see that in our world, it's like, oh, they just haven't studied very much. <laughs> but, but in a prideful looking down rather mm -hmm. than a, oh, maybe they just don't know this. Let's talk about it. That's different. Mm. I think one of the ways that theological idolatry shows up is that we look down on other people who don't mm -hmm. you know, agree with us. Um, and we set ourselves up to be better than versus someone who has just had opportunity for different teaching. Yeah. Because I, I think, I think this is why the scriptures always put life and doctrine together. So if we really believe in the sovereignty of God and that he has taught us everything, why am I any better than anyone else? If I know someone, cause that means the sovereign God put me in a place where I learned it. Mm. And who am I to look down on anyone else who might not be there yet because maybe they haven't had that opportunity. I mean, you know, what do you have that mm -hmm. you didn't receive? Mm -hmm. I guess that's, that's yeah. the reality. And you don't know where you're, you're, where you're not there yet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we can all look back to places and things we said in small groups and Bible studies and we're like, Ooh, that was not right. Yeah. You know, and we look back and so rather than just saying, Oh, you know, we're learning about God together. But I think in the Reformed tradition, we can struggle with idolizing theology and sometimes missing a heart for God mm -hmm. and just keeping him as our first love. We love what we know, 
but he calls us to love him. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's a slight difference, but it is our love for him should make us want to know him. That's not a bad thing, but it's when they get flipped mm. that we have a problem. That's yeah. good. Amen. Yeah. Glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen. Another reform saints love that. Let's talk about our favorite things, but not in an idolatrous way. Just you know, like <laughs> we like them, but we don't worship them kind of way. Um, Jackie and Melissa, I want to know what is the most useful thing in your kitchen? Hmm. <sighs> the microwave. It is useful. It is. Because I mean, mine was broken for the past month. You could put anything in it and it gets hot. I had a friend at church uh, in Chicago. She didn't own one and she didn't want one. And I just remember thinking, man, everything you eat, you had to make it. Yeah. And like heat it up in the oven. Yeah. And it's just, it's like you got so much. Pa- pop, it just felt more spiritual. Yeah. It's yeah. just like you, you just, just got like so much patience. Like them pioneers, you know? Ain't no frozen food. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no nothing. Ain't no hot pockets. <laughs> you hot pockets in the oven? Yeah. It take they too, have the little sleeves. Or in the air fryer. Long, take too long. I don't oh. got an air fryer. I'm scared to get one. Because I feel like if I get it, I'm not going to, going to use it. That's we don't use ours that much. We yeah. use ours like every yeah. other week. And it's a big little thing. And so yeah. it, it's yeah. like a crock pot. It's like, I don't really want to make space for you. Yeah. I get that. Oh, yeah. My, mine is actually an ulu knife do y'all have ulu knives mm-hmm. okay it's from alaska my mom went to alaska to do for work one time and she came back and it's just it's a knife it has a wooden bar here and then it has a blade that's like this and i use it all the time i when i had young kids oh I, it chops like this yeah but oh. it's just a smaller one so it's not that big one mm-hmm. it's so you just take it and you can you can cut pizza with it. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you're cutting your kids' food when they need a small food. But I use it every day to cut stuff. Like so anytime I need to dice something up real quickly, because it just it just rolls. Mm. And so I love it. And that's the thing I use every day. It's my kitchen gadget. What that. about you? My La Crusade Dutch oven. Oh. You have one of the fancy ones. See, I have the off brown. Can't live without it. Um, if you want La Crusade, come to Mississippi because we got the outlet. Really? <laughs> yep. Reasons to come visit Jackson. Got that, but not a Chipotle. <laughs> Priorities. I'll bring you some lunch. We are really excited to talk to you guys about our sponsor for this season, Crossway. They sent us so many amazing books and Bibles and mm-hmm. scripture journals. And yes. so we're going to be talking about the ESB scripture journals today. Yes. When these came in the mail, my daughter was like, can I please have those? You know, because I love them too. I don't know if you have used these. Have, has anybody used these? I can't because I'm afraid of, of not making it as beautiful as the journal. Oh, really? See, so I that's my it. issue with the script. So okay. I just own them and I just like, yeah, you just I, like have the illuminated, I have the illuminated ones. So like oh, colorful, ones. pretty yeah. ones. So they're just like set up. Just set up in my house. I don't use them. Like, I'm like, they're so, so pretty. So they can be a decorative item they're if you'd so like them pretty. for that. But I actually like them because when you're studying, like if, if your church goes through a book of the Bible or however they do preaching, I like it because I can just take this and I put all my notes in it on the side. But I, I think it's great for that. We actually, we gave away James, you know, at the conference. They're great for things like that too. If you're mm-hmm. going to a conference where mm-hmm. you know you're going to just study one book, you could you can actually buy them as just, you don't have to get the whole set. But you can just get one individual ones as well. And they have these that are just plain. And then they have the illuminated ones that are really pretty yes. too. And yeah. colorful. They are colorful. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. When I got them in the mail, I was like, Philip. I know. 
I felt like uh, the Jeffersons. I was like, we made it. Moving on up. We got the illustrated ones. <laughs> Jackie, where can the people get, get the illustrated ones? Or the plain, whatever you want to do. Well, I'm pretty sure you can get them at uh, TGCW22. But until then, factual, you can go factual. to crossway.org forward slash plus And you might find out how to get them for 30% off. Because... The people love a discount. Yes, they do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank y'all for listening to another episode of Let's Talk. Next week is our final episode of season three, Q Tears. And we are going to be answering questions that have come in from listeners. So we hope you won't miss it. Have a great day, morning, evening, night, whatever. Bye.